And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to the latest edition of Head of the Pack. Matt Schneidman, Bill Huber here with you. We finally, finally got a Packers game in. Yes, it was a preseason game, largely uneventful one, but it was Jordan Love's long-awaited Packers debut. That's what last night was all about. Um, his first game action in 603 days since the 2019 Frisco Bowl uh, against Kent State, I believe, yes. while he was at Utah State in December 2019. So it was good to see Love finally put something on game tape. He had never worn an actual Packers jersey since he was never active last year. Um, we'll start off with that. Bill, what would you make of his debut? It's exactly what we saw during OTAs and minicamp and the first fall practices of training camp, right? There's some good stuff, some bad stuff. Um, exactly mirrors what we've seen during training camp. But there's enough. He makes enough plays where you, you can see what the Packers saw in him back in 2020, and you can see why they're still high on him today. And then there's enough dumbfounding stuff where you just scratch your head. So that was my that was my impression. Yours? Right. I I think the bad was the five drives of the six that he led that the Packers gained a combined 25 yards on. Um, and, and they ran four fewer plays on each of those drives. You know, Matt LaFleur pointed out last night how Love wasn't letting it rip as much. And, and he said, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily overthinking it, but trying to be too accurate and, and trying to place the ball. when Just trust your instincts, he said. One throw he pointed out was late in the first quarter. Devin Funchess was wide open over the middle, like a couple guys were on, on that play action. The Packers were getting a lot of space in the middle of the field. And Love tried to place it too much, and Funchess had to make a, a diving catch. He made a really nice one-handed diving catch. But Love and, and LaFleur both kind of hinted post-game last night that if he just lets it rip, Funchess catches that on the run and gets more yards after the catch. So that's kind of what they're talking about, but that's expected. At this point, Love hadn't played in almost two years, so maybe not trusting your instincts a little bit is is to be expected. The good was that one touchdown drive, six for six, 89 yards. Yes, the touchdown came on a dump off to Kylan Hill, and Love kind of joked that he would have rather the <laughs> touchdown not come via uh, the screen variety, but he had the throw to Jay Sternberger, um, he has some nice zip on the ball, not as much as Kurt Benkert, but um, Rodgers and LaFleur both said it was nice to see uh, him kind of get into a rhythm. And, you know, Matt Ro Matt Rodgers, Jesus. Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers know more about football than us, so if they say Jordan Love did a nice job and Rodgers mentioned how his footwork was good, which is what you're looking for from a young quarterback, then that's good enough for me. Yeah, you know, what we've seen so much at camp is if, if that first read is there, he does rip it. Um, it's when he has to go through his reads where, where things, um, he struggles a bit. And like I right. said, he hasn't played in a long time. And, you know, I asked him 
after him. He looked, the guy said, he's practiced a lot, but this is his first game action. I asked him what the difference was, and it's getting hit. You know, he can get, quote-unquote, sacked during practice, but, you know, the pass rushers just run right on past him. Um, Obviously, in a game, it's different. You, You get hit. Everyone's going faster. And like you said, it's been 603 days since that bowl game. So, um, I, yeah, I don't think it's any surprise whatsoever that there are times when he struggled. But um, then obviously he got injured at the end of his end of his appearance. He injures his throwing shoulder. Um, he used the word strainish. Matt LaFleur um, seemed a little concerned, didn't he, Matt? I mean, he wouldn't say a word when Rob asked about it. Not a word. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what to read into that too much. You know, if Jordan Love was too injured, they wouldn't have put him at the podium last yeah. night. So, I don't. I, it seems minor. Love said he would get it checked out by trainers today. They used the word dinged up. Um, obviously, we're talking about the strip sack at the end of the first half when Yash Nyman uh, did his best Matador impersonations and just let Jonathan Greenard, I believe it was, from the Texans just go right by. And Love took a little too deep of a drop, kind of found himself in no man's land. Matt LaFleur said, you know, if, if quarterbacks drop off, more than nine and a half yards, you're kind of on your own. Um, and that's the territory Love was in. Kind of got hit on his throwing arm. Ball knocked loose as as he was in his windup. He was looking to go deep, it seemed. That was the first play of of what was kind of the two-minute drill, except there was about a minute left in the, in the first half. But they, he was originally supposed to play three quarters, played only two because of that injury. Uh, Love said it was just precautionary and that he... Believes he will be ready next weekend. But uh, we'll see if Matt LaFleur has anything when we talk to him later today at, at 2 p.m. Yeah, they, were, they are in an interesting spot. I mean, if he's a little bit dinged up, whether it's at least a little concerned for a day or two, I mean, they do have the Jets coming in for Wednesday, Thursday. They have a game on Saturday, and they only have Riders and Benkert as their quarterback. So, you know, anything beyond day-to-day, you're wondering if they may have to go get a quarterback. But again, love, like you said, love didn't sound very concerned about it. Said it wouldn't impact him for this week. So we'll see what we learn here later today. Yep. Overall, 12 of 17, 122 yards, a touchdown. You know, mixed bag is how I'd describe it. There was more bad than good, but like you said, Bill, enough good to make you be like, okay, there's something there. Doesn't rip as doesn't let it rip as much as Kurt Benkert though. No, no one does. Benkert gets his money's worth. Um, you know, one <laughs> last thing I love. He didn't have obviously Bakhtiari didn't play, Elton Jenkins didn't play, Billy Turner didn't play. You know, of their top five receivers for this year, four of those guys didn't play. Their top three tight ends didn't play. So I think you have to take all that into account when you look at Love's day too. I mean, he's playing with a bunch of guys who are going to be deep backups or may not even make the roster. So um, I think any any um, critique of love has to be yeah you've got to take that into account. I mean he just wasn't playing with anybody. Absolutely, and, and you make a good point. Yes, there were a couple of projected starters playing on the offensive line, but you have two backup tackles and no true weapons to create space and no running game to set up that play action. Um, I mean Dexter Williams, who's not going to make this team had the two best runs of the night, and those were of the eight, nine-yard variety later in the game So with Kurt Benkert in. So Jordan Love didn't get much help from his running game, and that obviously will open up a lot more in the past. So it, a debut that more than anything was just about literally playing in a game. That's all that matters. I mean, yes. 
yes, it helped his confidence. I know all that stuff's cliche, but just getting this out of the way. You know, they drafted him on April 23rd, 2020. Tonight or last night was just about getting a game under his belt. And now it's about seeing improvements against the Jets, the Bills. And um, hopefully, for the Packers' sake, he won't play again this season. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned Bankert a while ago. Um, he does let it rip. And I think... I think I think that's what Lafleur is looking for. I mean, those first three passes before that fumble they had, those first three passes last night, he got to his drop back, he planted, and he just and he just threw it. And I think that's what they're looking for. Obviously, you know, you can't have the interception that he threw there at the end. But you know, Benkert's been around a little bit. Came in the league, I believe, in 2019, so he's got an extra year of experience. He's played preseason games before. And I think that experience showed a little bit with with um, if I would say a fearless approach to throwing the football last night, Matt. Oh, yeah, and, and that's what you like to see in your third stringer. Yes, um, like you mentioned, on that rollout, he kind of forced uh, the ball in, and it got intercepted. He didn't get much help from the offensive line either. Um, but, yeah, he, he sings it. He's accurate. He's not going to play this season, but it's entertaining to watch in a preseason game. And he had 2018, so he's he's been – with the Falcons for the last three years, mainly on the practice squad, and now uh, getting a chance as the Packers QB3 and probably will be their practice squad quarterback going into the season. But yeah, he got a half. wasn't so He was only supposed to get a quarter, but we'll probably see him um, a little more, hopefully for the Packers' sake, uh, for just a quarter against the Jets, which would mean Jordan Love would be healthy and presumably get the three quarters that he was supposed to get last night. Defense. What else did you like about the game, Matt? Was there, was there anything that stood out to you besides the quarterback play? Yeah, I was going to, before I made that terrible transition into talking about the defense, um, I think there were a couple guys that stood out. I think Devin Funches, six catches for 70 yards. Um, he was good. He's fighting for a roster spot. He's a big body, runs a good route, can make a contested catch. I think he certainly helped himself last night. It was funny. I, I watched him come out for warm-ups, and he was so excited. He was going so hyped up, and you can't blame him. It's his first game action since week one of the 2019 season when he broke his collarbone playing for the Colts and then obviously opted out of last season. I thought he helped his case for that sixth wide receiver spot. What will hurt Funches is that he doesn't really do anything on special teams. Um, Jawan Winfrey does. Malik Taylor does. But Winfrey's hurt right now, so the less he can put on tape, the the better chance. Fun. I know Jerry Gray said last week, um, you know, you can't lose your job when you're injured, but it doesn't help that you're not putting anything on tape when other guys you're competing with are. EQ St. Brown hurt, um, but I think Funches could have only helped himself in that battle for the last wide receiver spot last night. Yeah, that was a hell of a catch, that one-handed catch he had, and he's such a big body, you know. For LaFleur, it's a big thing being able to block in the running game. Right. I um, mean, God, I mean, that's why he talks about Lazard all the time. And even Velda Scantling, it's it's the blocking factor. And it's 6'5", 230, or whatever that he weighs. I mean, he's a factor there. I know LaFleur mentioned that last night, that Funches blocked pretty well, too. So that's 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 going to be an interesting battle. How, how much how much does special teams weigh into that? Or does the value that Lazard and... Amari Rogers play there is is that good enough where you can just have your sixth receiver just be a receiver? That's interesting. So 
Yeah, he helped himself. I thought Oren Brooks, of all people, um, and an afterthought at linebacker. He had a good night. That roughing the passer, obviously you can't do that. But um, I thought he had a good night. And the backup safeties, Matt, the third stringers, Vernon Scott, Ennis Gaines. I thought they've had good training camps, and I thought they had good nights last night too. Gaines, Gaines makes a play a lot. Like, yeah, half, he's I, around I the ball. After practices of training camp, I got Ennis Gaines doing something noteworthy. The guy's got really good ball skills, so I'll be interested to see if he, if either of those guys get a little bit extra run here as as this thing goes on. Yeah, both of them from TCU, um, and I think safety depth is important, especially if Darnell Savage plays in the slot. You're going to need another guy to put back there. I think Vernon Scott would be that guy. Um, Henry Black is also in the mix there. One guy that did not have a good night is Josh Jackson. No, you know, Terod Taylor and Davis Mills were picking on him. You know, he was just getting exposed out there. And I don't see a reason for him to stay on the 53-man roster. If you're looking at the cornerbacks, let's say they keep six. Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Eric Stokes, Shamar Jean-Charles, and Shannon Sullivan are five. And then KB Onentos had, had a good camp recently, had the pick last night. Yes, he had the DPI. But I think that was more of he, he just got caught in no man's land and he didn't even seem to mean to run into that guy. Like he just got caught in a crossing pattern or whatever it was and kind of got jacked up. You know, he had to go to the injury tent to, I believe, get checked for a concussion on his defensive pass interference. So that shows you it was just kind of inadvertent. Um, I would give that six spot to KB on Ento right now. You know, you mentioned last night when we recorded this, but I'm an idiot. So I didn't, we, we did it on one computer and, it didn't record well enough, so we're recording again, and that's 100% my fault. You made a good point. If Josh Jackson hasn't shown you any reason to keep him in three years, why give him a fourth year, right? Right. Um, what a dumbfounding guy. If you, go, if you think back to his draft class, he was considered a, a first-round prospect by us media people. He was not, obviously. I mean, he had eight picks during that last year at Iowa. Um, falls in the second round, Green Bay gets him, fans rejoice. He started 10 games as a rookie. Um, I think he had, I think by the Packers coming, I think he broke up 10 passes. So you got a guy who's a touted prospect, plays a lot, has a really good rookie year. And he's just fallen off to the face of the earth. I think he's got two passes defense the last two years. Other than when Kevin King was hurt last year, he didn't play. The guy's just fallen off the face of the earth. And, you know, if, if I'm the GM, if you haven't done anything in three years, why am I going to give you a fourth year if I've got guys like KB on Ento, who you mentioned, who have some upside? Ento, the receiver turned cornerback. I don't know if he's going to be any good. Nobody knows, but you know what you got in Josh Jackson. Right. Um, maybe you just see what you got in Ento, good or bad or indifferent, but give someone else a shot at it. Um, you, you can't have a fourth-year, highly drafted cornerback just playing a mile off Chris Conley and they're playing catch together with, with Davis Mills. I mean, who the hell is Davis Mills? He's, he's like, <laughs> like the Mills Brothers coffee company? I mean, come on. I mean, he's, they, a, he's a veteran cornerback. you, you got to be better in a preseason game. You figured that'd be an advantage Green Bay, and it was not. Davis Mills, rookie quarterback from Stanford. Come on. Yes. Th- Third-round pick. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think Josh Jackson certainly hurt himself. I thought Sternberger made a couple nice catches. It'll be. It, it was interesting that... He was still playing, and Isaac Nauta was in street clothes late in the game. I still think Sternberger is 
probably ahead of him on the depth chart, but you just never know because the coaching staff wasn't high on Sternberger coming out of camp last year. Um, but I think they just wanted to stick with a recent high draft pick. You know, we've said before he's going to be here for at least the two weeks of the regular season through a suspension because uh, he doesn't count for a roster spot. So the Packers can delay their decision on him until then. Keep him around if, you know, Daphne or DeGuara gets hurt. I think Daphne and DeGuara both didn't play last night, but they recently came off the injured list. So I would assume that it's more that than they're both 100% safe, though I think they are anyway. Um, but I was just interested to see when you look at who's playing and who's not, there weren't really any surprises for guys who didn't play and in terms of reading into it as, you know, these guys are safe. Um, there were a lot of guys who didn't play because of injury, you know, Joan Winfrey, EQ St. Brown. But in terms of that tight end battle, I was surprised that Isaac Nauta wasn't playing and Jay Sternberger still was. Yeah, maybe that's just a just trying to salvage that pick. Um, obviously, his rookie training camp was cut short with that concussion against Houston and those joint practices. So he basically lost his rookie preseason. And then COVID wiped out last year's preseason. Maybe it's just, we got to get this guy to play. And like you said, he kind of plays that same spot as Daphne and DeGuara does, as that guy who moves around a bit. So um, there's probably snaps to be taken there because of that as well. So I'm, I, assume, I assume that's the reason why you, you need someone to play that spot, and he was the guy available to play that spot. Yep. And I meant to tweet this last night, but it was like 1 in the morning. On Kylan Hill's touchdown run, Josh Myers gets upfield, throws a, throws the key block on that play. That's what you want to see, those downfield blocks. I mean, we made a huge deal, and rightfully so, of you remember that long Aaron Jones touchdown run against the Eagles, I believe it was? David Bakhtiari sprinting downfield. I mean, yeah, it's great to block at the line of scrimmage, but can you block in the open field too? Yeah, that was big. Um, Everybody talks about him. I mean, everyone's talked about him being six foot five and – big and all that, but there's a practice. It was one of those non-padded practices last week, um, and, and they all blur together at this point, but there were two plays back-to-back -back on that where it was a toss to the right, and he was out front. He pulled on that one, was out front, and had the lead block on a linebacker, and then the next play was a screen to Kylan Hill, and again, he was out front leading the screen, so I, I, that athleticism caught my eye last week at practice, and yeah, he was really good on that screen, too, made the big block there. Um, Rodgers likes him. I know Rodgers kind of chewed him out of practice last week, but uh, <laughs> Rodgers likes him. Um, and he's looking, clearly the Packers do too. The guy played 15 snaps last night. It's like, get this guy out of here. Right. He's going to start. And it's in, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, I would think it would be Lucas Patrick, but well, with David Bakhtiari hurt, Lucas Patrick and John Runyon Jr. will both start. But when David Bakhtiari comes back, it'll be interesting to see whether they go with Runyon or Patrick at right guard. You know, that might be part of the reason both of them played so much last night. I'd say so much. That's relatively speaking. But um, they're, they're competing for one job because it's Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Turner. And then that right guard spot is one of those guys. So I'll be interested to see who gets that. Um, anything else from the game that stood out? Punt coverage team still stinks. Same old, same old there. 
Um, I, I will tell a story that I told last night too. Um, about special teams. My my nephew's 18 now. He was probably I don't know six or eight. We we're we we're at their house in in Lower Michigan, and when he was a little kid. He went to bed with bird sounds. It was like this whole CD of bird sounds. And for some reason, this one particular bird got put on repeat. And he came down crying at like 11 o'clock or whatever it was at night. Daddy, it's the same old crap again and again and again. That's the Packers special teams. The Packers are a bird CD stuck on repeat. <laughs> it was, you know, it was like the big storyline last week. Of, not Not by me, but other people about how it was. This new energy by Mo Drayton and this new special teams and they're set out to be better than they have been after years and years and years of bad play. And what did you get last night under Mo Drayton? A lot of bad play. There's a 42-yard punt return. I think it was 42 yards. And look, Desmond, King's a, legit, Desmond King's a legit football player. Yes, right? he is. He's been one of the, among the league leaders in punt returns before. But he had a long return. The kickoff return of Green Bay went nowhere. Amari Rodgers, for some reason, fielded a punt at the three-yard line and coughed it up. And then the next one, after a penalty on that, Farrah caught the ball with like 15 yards of running room. It was just a, I don't want to say it was a disaster, but it was a, it was a bad, it was a bad debut. There's a lot of coaching tape, as they'd say, for, for Drake. <laughs> I've, and listen, I know long snappers aren't Lawrence Taylor out here, but I've never seen someone look as lost as a, pursuing guy as a tackler on punt team than Hunter Bradley. He's just, he tries, he makes the effort, but he is nowhere near making a tackle. And he's always one of the first guys down there, so credit to him. But um, yeah, punt team needs to get way better. And he had a bad snap last night too on that. I think it might have been the last punt of the night. It was low. I mean, if that guy is going solo on campus, just beyond me, Matt. If you're bouncing the ball near your own end zone, that's not good. And we saw that way too many times last year. I mean, it should never happen. But same old, same old with the special teams. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, New York Jets come to town, as Bill mentioned, Wednesday, Thursday for joint practices, which we know Aaron Rodgers is a huge fan of. Yes. What I'll be looking for more so than any matchup, because I think the most intriguing and best matchups that the Packers get the most out of are when they play themselves, because they're a good football team, the Jets are not, um, is whether they can come out of it injury-free. Last time they had joint practices, Jay Sternberger and Trevor Davis both got hurt against the Texans. Um, and that's why Aaron Rodgers generally doesn't like them is because, you know, higher probability of fights, higher probability of people getting hurt, no point in getting anyone hurt in the preseason. 
Packers haven't had any, any dust-ups like other teams have yet. So what I'll be looking for most is can they get out of it healthy? Or will their starting quarterback be pissed off again? <laughs> yeah, if, if you didn't see the broadcast last night, here's what Rodgers said about joint practices. John Kuhn just tease him up on this. God bless John Kuhn for asking Aaron Rodgers about joint practices. Rodgers, I'm excited to get past them. The angst I have about joint practices is the fear about the fighting and the emotions getting to where you might get kind of caught in some of some of the one-on-one battles with the front lines and guys forgetting that the red jersey means to stay off you. But it'll be fun, Rodgers said. So no, it'll not be fun for Rodgers, but you're right. Um, the Jets have a new coach. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of guys who want to impress that new coach. I'm sure the Jets will come here with um, some emotions, right? And I, I, yeah. I, I think those are. I think I think that's real. I think that's real, and I think um, I, I can see the Jets pushing the envelope a little bit, and they'll be up to the Packers to uh, to not fight back. To uh, use a bad pun, but yeah, I, I can understand it. Um, well, I want Zach to see, Wilson, though, I, number two yeah. overall pick, he'll be fun to watch. I want to see Green Bay run the football. Um, there was at one point last night where they had 17 carries for 17 yards. By my, by my math, that's one yard per carry. Obviously, the number one line without Bakhtiari, but Jenkins will play. Turner will play. There'll be some continuity there, which I, I think is an underrated aspect, which you didn't see last night with the lack of continuity there. Um, I want to see them run the football with, you know, I don't know if Aaron Jones is going to be back or not, but can Dylan run the ball behind the number one O-line better than they did last night? Yeah, and I think we got a glimpse at what's going down in the running back rotation last night. Dexter yeah. Williams is out of the picture, even though he had the two best runs of the night. Kylan Hill, I, I think I'm, I'm ready to say his spot is locked up. He's the clear number three back right now with Patrick Taylor after him and then Dexter Williams fifth in line, So, which is no surprise, but kind of like what we were talking about with Josh Jackson – Dexter Williams has been here long enough. If you haven't showed a reason to keep you by now, why give you another chance? Especially when you have a lot more promising guys above you on the depth chart that are younger. Yeah, Taylor's an interesting guy, right? I mean, he's a—he's not A.J. Dillon big, but he's a different kind of big. He's kind of like James Starks, even kind of runs like Starks. Um, was an all-purpose back at Memphis. Yeah, we, we know what Dexter Williams can do. And this was that was... Um, Taylor's first game since the 2019 Cotton Bowl after last year's foot injury. So there's some upside yep. there. Um, and he's such a big guy too. I think he could be, I think he could probably help on special teams as well. Yep. All right. Well, that that's about as much preseason football as anyone should talk about. Let's get to some questions. First one from Matt Pickett about Dexter Williams. So I apologize that we just answered that. Josh yeah, Amaker. I Go ahead. From Austin. I'll set you up with, with Austin here. How worried are we that if King continues to have availability issues, Ento and Jean <laughs> Charles are both one play away from being starters? I agree with you, Austin. Yep. Um, it's not good. Not good at all. I'm sure they can make some nice plays, but, you know... Anyone who is even slightly mistake-prone gives you the heebie-jeebies a little bit. Kevin King is that. Jair Alexander is not um, anymore, at least. So, yeah, if KB on Ento and Shamar Jean-Charles are, are one snap away from being your outside corners, then... And, but and, and I hate to say it. I don't hate to say it. But 
Is that why they keep Josh Jackson? Just to have a guy who's done it before so you don't have to throw KB on Ento and Shamar into the fire? I mean, Josh, Josh Jackson played, what, five games last year when Kevin King was hurt? Yep. I don't think he was terrible. He did have that one DPI against the Buccaneers, but that game was a wash anyway, really. Um, but yeah, uh, it wouldn't make me feel good. No, did you know, Matt, that that in limited playing time, Josh Jackson had more than half of their defensive defensive PI penalties last year? Yeah, it's not good. It's insane. You know, I talked. Okay, to, uh, so maybe maybe he was bad. I take. Yeah, that I remember talking to a former NFL coach Jim Mora um, before the draft, talking about DBs, and he calls it DB panic mode, where they do everything right, and then when the ball comes, they panic. That seems like Josh right. Jackson. For whatever reason, when the ball comes, it's time to go reach and grab. But you're right. It's a good point, though, Matt. Um, are you better off with a guy who's at least been around the block? Not a bad point. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. At KC, go, pack, go. Oren Burks looked good last night. Do you see him getting more playing time than years past at ILB if he can stay healthy? I don't know how much playing time he'll get, especially considering the Packers may not use two inside linebackers all that often, and he's third on the depth chart behind Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes. Um, but he certainly helped his chance to make the team. I, I, I think they're only going to keep one of Warren Burks and Ty Summers. I think they give Kamal Martin um, a shot to make this 53 because he has, you know, probably more upside on defense. He's just been dogged by injuries as he is now with a knee injury. Um, Burks and Summers are both mainly special teams guys, but it's about who can give you something on defense if you need to play in case of an injury. And Burks showed that he can be that guy. So I don't think he'll play that much, but I think it's more of a, a question of will he make the roster? And I think after last night, I'm leaning toward yes. Yeah, he was really good last night. Um, I would say Burks has zero chance of playing defense, barring injuries. Chris Barnes is their number one guy, their every down guy. And they seem to legit love Devondre Campbell. This is their fourth year in a row with a veteran guy they've picked up. But Campbell's different. He's kind of in the prime of his career. Um, he's been, I think he's had a really good camp. So I would say Burks has no chance to play on defense unless those guys get hurt. Um, the roster moves are interesting where... How interested is Goody in really making the special teams better? Because it really has been an afterthought, I think, for a lot Yep. these past few years. If they're legit interested in giving Drayton a quality group to work around, then you have to keep Burks and Summers. Um, those guys are one, two in tackles last year. Um, so I, I think that's a I think that's an interesting battle. Do you co do you go thin somewhere else to keep five inside linebackers with Kamal Barton being that fifth guy? Yeah, do, I, I, I think it's a great point, Matt. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. I think you, the place I would keep one less is at running back because, you know, in past years, or last year, I should just say, they kept Tyler Irvin. That was also kind of because A.J. Dillon was a high draft pick, so he had to keep him. Um, but we've talked before about how that uh, gadget piece on offense that Tyler Irvin was is Amari Rogers, and he's already a lock at wide receiver. So uh, Tyler Irvin was a return man, but your number three running back is your return man in Kylan Hill and Amari Rogers is your punt returner. So I think you only need to get three running backs and I, I would take five inside linebackers just to make sure those special teams are better than terrible, which is what they've been for so long around here. Um, 
we talk about what can be done. I think just putting more veterans on special teams. It's been a throwaway by putting young guys. It doesn't help that Randy Ramsey's out for the season with that ankle injury. He's a key special teamer. But I would take Burks. That's a good point, Bill. I would take Burks and Summers. And if we had to keep three people, I would take Burks, Summers, and Hill rather than Burks, Hill, and Patrick Taylor. Yeah, I mean, maybe you only go four outside linebackers. not really getting in the weeds here, but um, maybe you go thin an outside linebacker. Yeah, that, that could be possible too. Jonathan Garvin could be a guy behind the Smiths and Rashawn Gary. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Goody does at that final roster cut. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, from Cheeseman, how many wide receivers will the Packers end up keeping? Also, are the Clay Matthews rumors real? I really just think it was uh, Rodgers, Bakhtiari, and Randall Cobb having some fun. Yes. They're not going to... They're not going to bring back Clay Matthews. That would someone tweeted at me. It was funny that that night. This is what happens when you let the inmates run the asylum. Which obviously, <laughs> is a joke more than anything. It's not you know, but I think Rogers just wanted to try and have a laugh. I think they all did. They're not going to bring Clay Matthews back because they don't need an edge rusher, and uh, I think they like what they have in Barnes and Campbell in, in the middle. But I, I think they'll keep six wide receivers. I think it'll be. Adams, MVS, Lazard, Amari Rogers, Randall Cobb. And then the sixth will be Funchess, Winfrey, Malik Taylor, or EQ. And right now, we were just talking about special teams. You know, if Winfrey gets healthy, I would assume it's him because of the kind of camp he's had. Um, and the offseason he had, he can make some plays. But if Funchess keeps playing like that and EQ and Winfrey are, are still hurt, why not take him? He's a big body, like you said. He can probably block in the run game. Doesn't help much on special teams, but if you take that extra guy, like you said, at inside linebacker, do you, do you really need Juwan Winfrey to play special teams when um, you could probably have a corner, a couple cornerbacks as your gunners? Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, you know, on, on the Matthews thing, I remember what Devontae said when we asked him about the, the last dance photo. Devontae said, Something along the lines of, we reserve the right to mess with you guys once in a while. Something right. along those lines. That's yes. maybe not quite verbatim, but basically what he said. Um, I assume that's a bunch of guys having fun on Friday night. They're bored. They know they're not going to play. Hey, let's go mess with the people a little bit. And look, I have no idea if Clay Matthews is even training. 
Um, he didn't play last year. I have no idea if he's officially retired or unofficially retired or what. So, yeah. Um, it was a fun firestorm they started. Yeah, it was. <laughs> right. One more question before we get out of here from Dylan C. Do you have confidence that the defense's overall ability is going to improve with a new DC or is individual ability going to matter more? I, I always think it's about the players. You know, they can say all they want about Joe Barry having energy, which is nice. You know, it gets guys to buy in. Um, we'll see schematically how Joe Barry's defense is exactly different once we get into regular season games because nobody really wants to put all that stuff on, on preseason tape. Plus, he has all the backups playing. It's going to be about individual guys. It's going to be about that second cornerback. Can they make it so that other teams don't just throw to one side of the field away from Jair Alexander like the Buccaneers did in the NFC title game? It's going to be about Chris Barnes and Devondre Campbell can they finally be competent inside linebackers this team has wanted for so long? It's going to be about Kingsley Kiki and Dean Lowry. Can they give Kenny Clark something on that defensive line so teams can't just run the Packers over? I think the Packers can have one of the best pass defenses in the league, but the run defense is what concerns me because the only quote-unquote upgrade they have made the last two years to a run defense that has been bottom half of the league. And two years ago, it was one of the worst in the league um, is drafting TJ Slayton in the fifth round. I don't even know how much he'll play. So there's no reason for me to believe the run defense is going to be, be any better. Um, There's only so much from a mentality standpoint and a scheme standpoint that you can do from that regard. It's going to be about the players and and can they execute? I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but it's the truth. Yeah, I don't care about the energy thing, man. I'm sorry. Is Neither do Bill I. Bel- Bill Belichick is one of the great masterminds of all time. Does he seem like Captain Energy to you? No, it no. doesn't matter about energy. No, it's irrelevant. Um, yeah, you're right. It's it's almost always players. Um, maybe Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes can play good enough pass coverage as a tandem where you don't have to go play dime all the time. Maybe that helps the defense because obviously it's hard to play run defense. When you have 60 Bs in the field all the time, like Petten had to do, because he didn't have anybody he could cover. So maybe it's Devondre Campbell. Maybe he's why the defense is better. Um, maybe Eric Stokes is a legit football player, and he can contribute as a rookie, and you're better than off than always injured Kevin King. Maybe you're better off there. Um, maybe TJ Slayton does play. Maybe he gives you a dozen snaps a game of run defense that make a difference. Yeah, Matt, you're right. It's about players. I don't know that Joe Barry has this, the world's greatest scheme. Maybe he does, but I mean, everyone's talking about it. It's kind of the same thing they did with Patton. At the end of the day, Kenny Clark has to be better than he was last year. Mm-hmm. Preston Smith needs to be better than he was last year. Um, if they ever get to a championship game again, they need to play better in the championship game. Yeah, players, players, players. Yep. That's what it's all about. And that's what this podcast is all about. Showing up, doing your job, doing your 111th. I think we did that this morning. So, yeah, uh, even, even been, your one half. Actually, Marissa, even, the producer, she's got to do her one third. So, did your one third today, Matt? Good, good job. She, do, she does more than us. She works harder than us. Um, but for Bill, you can find him on SI. You can find me on the Athletic. Um, I think I'm going to wear this gold and royal blue tracksuit to practice one day this week, if temperature permitting. So that'll be fun. Uh, other than that, we'll talk to you guys after next weekend's game against the Jets. We'll talk to you then. Appreciate you listening.